we now know that for any physical problem, there is always a stress component. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss how mental health can help you physically. Stay tuned. I have a confession. I don't want to talk about the holiday season, but I have to because a little planning is necessary, and I don't want you to miss this opportunity, and the holidays are right around the corner. With all the added responsibilities and commitments about to land on your plate, let us take care of your beverage concerns. Go to hitchedmag.com, click the wine club link, and you'll have amazing wine delivered to your door. Sure, you can share it with your in-laws during a holiday meal, or you and your spouse can sneak away on a mini date night to enjoy your special bottle. In fact, we include date ideas with each shipment. If you find a wine you like, huge discounts are available for reorder, sometimes up to 50% off. We think you'll like this so much that gift options are also available so you can share the love. To learn more, visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of hitchmag.com. I am joined once again by the original, the lovely, the amazing, the talented Dr. Karen <laughs> Sherman. Hi, Karen. Uh, you just keep saying all those nice things, so I'll keep doing these podcasts with that's you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, so Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this info at her website, drkarensherman.com. And today, uh, she is going to share some information on how uh, mental health uh, can help our physical health. Um, I, I came up with this idea, Karen. Uh, first, there's been a lot of, of justifiable, I would say, outrage over the price hiking of medication in the United States. Um, yes. <laughs> and, you know, we are a highly, highly medicated society. And so this costs people a lot of money. Um, and then I was then later um, hanging around at a birthday party and I came across this guy who owns a CrossFit gym. And on the back of his shirt listed uh, a whole bunch of medications, and it said, "You know, you take this, you take this medication for this um, uh, ailment. You take this medication for that ailment. You take this medication for that ailment." And then at the very bottom, it said, um, "You know, doing exercise will sol- can solve all of these, can get you basically like off of all these medications, kind of a mm-hmm. thing." Mm-hmm. Um, I want to put it out there. I am not a medical doctor. I ha- I do not have an MD degree, um, and so we're I I am not advocating uh, any medical advice here. Um, but we do know that there are very specific things you can do that result in very specific ways, um, and that has science has bared that out. Um, and so anyways, I was thinking about uh, we we often talk and I, I know I often talk about the the benefits, the health benefits of physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started thinking, well, 
nobody really talks about how you, we know we know that a medical mental health can take care of mental things, anxiety and other things of that nature, but we don't really connect the dots at least in a general broad conversation about how strong mental health mental ex- exercises can help you physically um, and that's what I wanted to discuss today and so I guess the big opening question to this is can working on your mental health improve your physical health um, okay so a couple of comments before I answer you <laughs> yes. um, number one is I'm a psychologist and so I'm not a medical doctor either, which I think I, I want to say, even though that's not the topic of our podcast today, people need to know that if they are looking for somebody in the mental health field who can prescribe medication, then they need to go to a psychiatrist. We could do a whole episode just educating people about the differences, but um, I am not a medical professional. Okay, so I can't prescribe medicine. However, I can certainly address your question. And the answer is that, yes, absolutely. If you are um, mentally in better shape, it will have a correlation to your physical health. Um, The two really can have uh, it's a, a by my God, I'm losing the word right now, but it is a. Um, a correlation that works in both directions. So in other words, if you are mentally healthy, it will have a positive effect on your physical health. And if you're physically healthy, it will have a good effect on your mental health. It goes in both directions. Okay. Uh, I'm going to jump around here a little bit. Is there uh, some low-hanging fruit that we can discuss, like some very – specific mental health things or very specific physical um, health benefits that can be easily attained through good mental health? Okay. Yes. Okay. So I would say that probably the most significant thing that people could do is reduce their stress because we know for sure that there is a very, very high correlation that stress brings on anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And that is um, diagnostically, those are the two highest categories of, if you're going to classify disorders, the two highest um, disorders that are growing in our society. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they are growing because they are, you know, so um, much uh, brought on by the amount of stress that we have. And stress is unfortunately something that is very, very rampant in our society. I can't speak for other societies, but it's certainly um, something that is experienced constantly in our society. Mm -hmm. Yet, that is something that we absolutely could uh, manage better, and there are lots of ways to manage it. Now, now, do you you have any specific... Uh, things with stress, like what kind of physical ailments uh, mental stress causes? Okay, so, okay, I talked about that there's going to be um, higher levels of anxiety and depression, and those are mental illnesses, but physically, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to experience, some people are going to have nausea, 
Some people are going to have more headaches. Uh, it can come out physically as, um, you know, dizziness. Um, there's going to be uh, a sense, just a sense of unwellness, mm-hmm. you know, just a general sense of unwellness. Um there are just so many different kinds of physicality that, again, are the result of having anxiety and or depression. Uh, and again, when you're stressed, you feel uh, constantly tense. Mm-hmm. You feel um, that sense of, you know, dread of feeling overwhelmed. Uh, so... You know, um, I don't know where you put like a lack of ability to concentrate. Is that a physical or is that a mental? I don't know. But either way you classify it, it's certainly unpleasant (laughs) to have less tolerance of other people. Oh, Uh, interesting. Well, because if you're stressed, you, you know, you're not working with your full battery, so to speak. Yeah. So you're going to get irritated more easily. Um, so it really behooves us to learn various techniques in order to control your stress. And there are lots of techniques to control it, stress. Yeah. Is, is, is a high blood pressure one of those things too that can yes. be helped? Yes. Yeah. Th- yes, absolutely. High blood pressure is absolutely um, – now look, let me say this. Um, we don't want to say that um, – when you have a disease, it's because it's your fault, you know. You know, it's you just yeah. sort of uh, take control about um, your life, you'd be fine. Yeah. But we always know, we always know that under every physical disorder, there is a stress component. So you may have in your family a propensity for high blood pressure, and then it gets set off because you've been under a lot of stress, Mm. Mm -hmm. okay? But as I said, and this is a really key factor, Steve, that we now know that for any physical problem, there is always a stress component. So whether it is that you have stomach ailments, whether you have heart problems, whether you have high blood pressure, whether... Uh, you have, I'm just trying to think, uh, some other problems. Even a weight problem is made worse if you are under increased stress because your cortisol levels mm-hmm. are higher, which makes it more difficult to lose weight. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Well, so, I, was, I was also thinking, I was just thinking too that a lot of times when you have, and this is getting a little bit outside of the direct effect of, as you mentioned, cortisol levels. But when you are stressed, you hear about like stress eating, for example, we modify our behaviors um, based on our mental uh, health at that time. So we will put ourselves, uh, we will do things literally because of how we're feeling, yes. uh, which could have an effect on our health our physical yes. health and our yes. physical safety or whatever else. You know, people people are um, fearful and therefore they may go to a certain place or phys- physically go to a certain place or do take certain actions 
uh, that have effects. So right. that's and another spinoff. And if mentally you're feeling awful and you feel like you can't deal with things, you might do certain escape behaviors, which is certainly going to be physically harmful for you. Examples, drugs, or alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, and, that's a and great point. Yeah. Mis- misuse. Uh, you know, certainly there's nothing wrong with social drinking, but when you start to drink on a regular basis, then that that's problematic. When you and start medicating because you don't, yeah. you you're not getting the mental health and exercise that you need, you start right. you start um, eliminating that through you eliminate those thoughts and feelings uh, by basically obliterating consciousness with alcohol right. and drugs. Yeah, correct, correct. Um. Okay, I think we've made a pretty strong case as to why mental health is important and how it can affect your physical well-being on a variety of levels. How much of a commitment are we talking about to get yourself uh, in a good health, mental health state? And I, I want to preface this by saying, you know, for the average person who doesn't have major trauma they're trying to work through but just Mm -hmm. somebody who has a family has a job maybe a little stress in that job maybe a little stress in the family uh but again it's not like they're dealing with any kind of major trauma where um we're talking yes that will obviously require more commitment to get on the level uh what what do you think I think it's a two-pronged thing. I mean, I'm not going to say to you do X amount of something for X amount of days, you know, and time. Mm-hmm. I think it has more to do with, number one, being aware. Okay. So if you are aware that either you are under some stress, that you take certain measures to do things to alleviate it, um, and especially if you know that you're coming up to some stressful periods, that you be more aware of things that you can do to help yourself. And the other is that you have a certain attitude. If you think in terms of, I really am empowered or I really can control this, that you're going to do much better. But if you have an attitude of, woe is me and look at my life and, you know, nothing's going to turn out okay, then you're going to really have results that are not going to work in your favor. So the more that you can feel, and we know this from studies, the more that you can feel like you're in control, mm-hmm. even if you're not, Yeah. <laughs> that uh, there's actually studies that have shown that, that when you believe that you're in control, even if you're really not in control, you will actually do better. Mm. So, so a lot of it is your, is your mindset. So if I have a little mental health swagger. That's correct. <laughs> uh, I you know this is really interesting. Um, well, I, I, let's move on. I have more stuff to discuss in, uh, as we get into this. So, what is something that uh, people can do uh, for themselves to improve their mental health? Then. Well, I think the first thing is what I've already mentioned. You have to be self-aware. Yeah. Come out of autopilot where you're just doing the same thing and repeating habits. If something's not working, then make a shift. You know, you're not going to get any difference in outcomes if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. You know, that's the definition of insanity or at least one of the definitions of insanity. Um, And then there are really very simple things you can do do muscle relaxing, um, 
do some self-care, which, you know, busy, busy people say, well, I just don't have time for it. But in the long run, if you take five to 10 minutes for yourself, you're really replenishing yourself and you're going to be far more effective for yourself and for the people that you're taking care of. Um, do meditation is a wonderful, wonderful practice to start. Um, and we know, again, we've got um, studies that prove that when you meditate, um, it lowers your blood pressure. Um, there have been studies with high-powered executives that when they meditate for five minutes a day, we're not talking major commitment here, mm -hmm. five minutes a day, that their um, uh, the results with their heart um, difficulties diminishes tremendously. So meditation is probably one of the best practices that you can do. And there's lots of different ways to meditate. I mean, even if somebody, let's say, really gets into cooking, that's uh -huh. a meditative activity. It means that you're so focused on the present and you're not distracted by a hundred other things going on. That's what meditation really is. Um, one of the leading people in meditation, John Kabat-Zinn, says, I love this example, that when you're in the shower, a shower should be about soap and water. Mm -hmm. That's what a shower is. Though most of us are in the shower thinking about what should I wear today? Why did so-and-so say that to me? You know, what, what chores do I have to do? You're not in the shower. Mm. So basically meditation, and of course there are ways to actually meditate um, and stay, learn to stay focused. But if you learn how to uh, stay in the present and let go of extraneous thoughts that will allow you to uh, really um, release or uh, minimize your stress. Mm -hmm. One, uh, I love that, by the way, about the shower because it is—it's it's such an obvious thing when as soon as you start thinking about it. Um, you also uh, previously just mentioned preventive maintenance in that mm -hmm. if you know something stressful is coming up, say you have a move or mm -hmm. say that you have a, <laughs> uh, 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 we're laughing because Karen's in the process of moving, um, <laughs> uh, or you have a job change or you have a baby on the way, or mm -hmm. there's a, a, a innumerable thing, a number of things that, um, you can predict will add stress to your life. Mm -hmm. Um, so what are some things that people can do in preparation uh, mental health wise to handle upcoming stress because I love because I, I feel like we don't do that enough we always think about fixing damage as opposed to preventing damage yeah um, I think that not I think I know that stress is cumulative that it just keeps adding on and adding on so if you know you've got a stressful um, period coming up, like, you know, some of the things you mentioned, or you've got a really busy project coming up at work, take away the other stressors in your life. Mm. Minimize other things that are going to be going on uh, so that it doesn't all pile on. Um, ask for help, you know, delegate or get help from other people. You really don't have to do it all yourself. Um, Try, if you can, to plan that, okay, um, you know, I've got to be able to do this project, but I, but build in some time so that you can sit down and take five to ten minutes for yourself so that you can then get back up and go at it again. Um, 
and again, it's it's a mindset that you think, okay, what do I need to do to get through this? And I can get through this, but here are the things that I'm going to do that will allow me to deal with this short-term, um, you know, period that's going to be difficult mm-hmm. or challenging. Okay. What, one of the... Uh... One of the things we've been talking about for the most part, I you know, if I'm if I'm hearing all this correctly, uh, is you know, delegating and communication and meditation and like all these different things. Um, but I was also thinking that when some people lack motivation, let's say, to be physically active, to do physical exercise to improve their health. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They go to the gym and they hire a trainer. Mm-hmm. And that trainer kind of like there's an investment of money which they might that might push them. There's that pain point that pushes them to do it because they don't mm-hmm. want to waste the money. So they're like, oh, I'm committed to this, so I'm going to go do the exercise. Right. It, you know, we haven't really talked about clinical therapy of going and seeing a therapist who is, let's say, like a mental health coach where they come in on a regular basis, uh, just as somebody who keeps you on track um is that a thing is that something that um would be beneficial um who would be the appropriate people to do that uh with well i thought you know as we were talking my thinking was that we were trying to do things that were adjunctive to therapy um, I know that initially we were saying not to take medication, but I was thinking we were even moving away from, um, you know, doing anything with a professional mental health person. But if we're going there, I mean, certainly um, there might be times where you need the help of a professional person. Um, and, you know, that certainly if, if you're able to handle your life better mentally, then you're going to feel better physically as well. I mean, uh, I'm, I, not to interrupt you, but, um, you know, we've talked in the past about how if you're going to a therapist and you're getting nowhere, um, that and, – and we – and again, this is under the um, guise of you go into a therapist with problems. But, you know, is there is there such a thing as just going to a therapist for – your ongoing mental health as opposed to I'm trying to work through problems as a, you know, um, rather than just having that support system to kind of keep you mentally healthy as opposed to fighting off demons? Sure there is, but people don't do that because they only go when they're in pain. I think in the 30 years I'm practicing, I think maybe I had one couple who said, we get along great, but we thought we'd come in and learn, you know, a couple of tools to make sure we stay on track. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there is a whole new area of life coaches. Yeah. And there's, you know, again, just be careful who you use because you want to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who would like, to learn how to improve themselves either in how to succeed better or how to organize themselves better or you know something more in that nature and I think that people would tend to think more about getting coaching mm-hmm. as opposed to therapy because coaching tends to be more along the lines of what you were just saying whereas therapy tends to look at you know um, alleviating problems. Yeah. So that certainly, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that offers a wonderful service. Um, 
the other thing that we're not talking about is the benefit just of exercise because exercise can be um, tremendously helpful um, you know to your mental health and to your physical health by the way um, exercise though depressed people um, often don't have the energy to go exercise mm -hmm. that is one of the uh, most useful tools to help a person who's depressed mm. now I'm, I'm flipping it now because yeah. I'm you know, I, I, I switched over mental health helping physical or physical helping mental. But I don't want to leave that out because uh, physical exercise is really important. No, I think it's – I think that's a very good thing to say because we like to discuss things as black and white, this or that. Um, and I, I was um, reading some stuff from some neuroscientists that are talking about these various ideas that need to die and one of the things that they were discussing was right brain, left brain. Mm -hmm. And they basically were just saying like, yeah, we know that certain parts of the brains are predominant in certain functions um, and different things like that. But there is no th – there's not one thing that we do that isolates the brain to where the rest of the brain just goes dead in those mm -hmm. moments. And – it, everything's interconnected so you know people like to identify themselves as light right brain or left brain but like that's not true it's it's mm -hmm. an easy way to for us to grasp concepts and i think the same thing with what you're talking about is um you know we're talking about doing all this mental health stuff for physical benefit but you can't separate the two when you're physically healthy you also have those good chemicals running through you right. which also helps good mental health and vice versa when you have good mental health to your point when you're depressed it's harder to get out there and exercise cuz what the hell's the point mm -hmm. um so you know i just wanted to point out that you know, we're talking about this stuff in black and white, but it's so intertwined. And yes, we're not even talking about like diet and how what you put into your system yeah. affects affects everything else. And and so it's it it is murky. But for the sake of this conversation, um, you know, we're we're discussing it this way. But I do want to acknowledge that none of, none of these things are isolated, and there are so many outside factors that could sway things one way or another. Good point. Good point. Um, okay, so then one last thing I wanted to ask about is when we're talking about physical health, we sometimes have a buddy. We have an excerpt. We you know I used to have a a friend that I first it was my brother, and then uh, as he got older and got onto his own things, I then had started going to the gym with a friend on a regular basis. Um, or people I know have walking partners or, or running partners. Um, are there mental health exercises, things that we can do where we get our spouse involved or maybe even it's just a, a good friend uh, to help with our mental health regimen? Well, I think that we know that anytime you do it with a buddy, um, you're more accountable. Mm -hmm. And you're more likely to do it. Um, a lot of people, there are some people who love exercise, but um, for a lot of people, it's hard to stay motivated. I think that's part of the reason that, you know, people do um, like having a trainer because, as you said, first of all, you've invested money, so you're, you're not going to waste it. But it's also, there's the accountability, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it would be terrific if people could do their exercise with their spouse because 
not only is there the accountability and the motivation, but we actually know that there is a marital benefit from doing the exercise together. Um, it just brings the people closer together. Yeah. Uh, so, so what are, what, know, are, what is something that a, a couple could do then that would benefit together. their mental health? They could walk together. Okay. They don't even have to do strenuous stuff. And we know that walking is very calming. We know that walking, um, you know, really just sort of helps the general uh, good feeling in the body. Again, brings down blood pressure. Uh, so it doesn't have to be like, you know, that you've got to prepare for a marathon mm-hmm. um, in order to get benefit. You could just be going out and going for a walk. So a couple so, uh, I was just going to say so couples don't need to sit on the couch and meditate together. No. They can they can do a physical activity which benefits the mental health of That's each individual. Correct. Okay. That's correct. So now they're benefiting their mental health and they're also benefiting their connection by mm-hmm. sharing some time together. That could be their date night. Mhm. <laughs> we're we're knocking down a lot of birds with a single stone yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um you know, it it's just it's just a nice thing to do together. Um and if they're going to walk and they hold hands, we have other research that shows that that has great benefit. There's in holding hands, again, there's connection and there's a calming influence. Mhm. And you get, and you get, particularly when you're walking and not doing something more strenuous where you're breathing heavily, you're able to have conversations yes. and yeah. reconnect, um, all that kind of stuff. Bike rides is another good one because you don't have to like really hoof it to, to be able to ride next to each other and have a conversation. Right. Um, might be easier on the joints. Um, Presuming both partners can ride. <laughs> that's, that's true too. And if you can't, maybe this is an activity that you guys start doing. Uh, if one can ride and the other can't, you can teach your spouse to ride, and that's a good bonding experience. Or get a tan a bike for two. Oh, oh a tandem! <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. See, there's tons of things that people can do. Did you have uh, any other things before we uh, wrap this one up? No, it just that I wanted to say that you know the walking is really has a lot of positive value in it. Okay, I have to say one thing that I'm. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm. We're, again, we record this uh, a little bit early, but I just ordered the uh, the new Apple Watch. Yeah. Um, which I'm really excited about. Um, a lot of different reasons why, but one of the big th- reasons I'm excited about it, and it's shocking how excited I am about this. Um, but as it gets closer, I get more excited about it. Is it has a new breathing app? Oh. And it has an app, uh, essentially that goes through various breathing exercises. Um. And I'm, I'm really, cause I don't, I know the benefits of breathing, um, mm-hmm. but I don't really do any quote unquote breathing exercises, but I, I think this will be one of those things, just having that reminder that taps me and that's actually what it does. It'll tap your wrist, um, to have those reminders, I think is going to be really beneficial to me. So breathing but- now, this is going to sound like such a stupid remark, Breathing is extremely important, and I'm not talking about the things that we do involuntarily mm-hmm. um, to stay alive. But learning how to breathe properly is, again, one of the best things that you can do to have good physical health. Yeah. And that's something that you know is easy enough to learn. Um, basically, I'm going to do it right now. You breathe through your nose, 
you bring the breath down past your uh, throat, past your chest, into your solar plexus, which is the area right below your rib cage. Mm -hmm. You hold it, and then you release the breath through your mouth, but um, you only have your mouth open a little bit, and so you let the breath out slowly. You're not blowing out the birthday candles on your cake. You just want, let's say, the uh, flame on the candle to just sort of flicker. The whole idea is to do this very, very slowly. And when you can breathe like that a couple of times, it jump starts the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the balancing system for the sympathetic nervous system, which is the system that um, gets you into gear for stress. So now you're um, getting the other calming system to get going. Mm. Okay. In through your nose, past your throat, past your chest, down into the area right below your rib cage. Hold it and then let it out very slowly through a slightly opened mouth. Okay. And because you have to be deliberate about that, it also clears the mind a little bit because you can't be thinking about what you have to do next when you're focusing on how you're breathing too. Right. As long as you focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's excellent. Thank you for that little exercise. Um, You're welcome. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. Um, if you guys have any comments on this, we'd love to hear them. Uh, if you have any little uh, mental health exercises that you do or things you do for your own mental health that you have found has benefited you other otherwise, uh, that'd be great to uh, share. Um, but in the meantime, that is going to do it for us this week. So thank you so much for your time, Karen, and your sage advice. It's always a pleasure. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Um, I want to remind everybody that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this info at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can find her on the social platforms. Uh, and, of course, you can find this information at our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, that's with an E-D. Um, a lot of people do hitch. It's not. It is hitchedmag.com. Uh, and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Pinterest. We are on all of them. And uh, if you have any thoughts or ideas, uh, please let us know. You can email us. Um, we have an, an, an email button on our podcast page. You can listen through all of our archives. And we have hundreds of episodes now, which is fantastic. We also have thousands of articles if there's anything that you're dealing with and you need an immediate answer on. So check that out. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, give us a rating. Uh, it helps us get the discovered by other people so uh thank you so much in advance for that and um yeah that'll do it for us so one last time thank you so much karen thank you steve all right that's gonna do it take care everybody Uh